Hey, I'm excited you're here today. Hey, we, uh, a lot of our ladies are gone on a fall retreat, and so if you see a dad that's running around here with a bunch of kids on his own, give him a high five and say, you made it. <laughs> uh, I saw some of them come in. I said, their hair isn't quite as nice as it usually is, um, but they made it here. Uh, saw some kids with some mismatching outfits, but they made it here. So it's a good thing. Hey, we're excited that you're here today. Uh, believe that God's got some stuff. Let me say this. It's not by accident that you're here today. How many of y'all know that? Amen. God has a purpose of what he's going to do here today. I believe that he wants to speak to your heart and to your life and to your mind today. What I want to talk to you about for a few minutes is about how do we influence people's lives? How do we influence people's lives? How many of you know somebody in your life that you want to have a life-changing encounter with Jesus? Somebody that you really desire, like you want them to know God, that you want them to have this experience that you've had where God comes into your life and changes your life. Because we believe that there is a joy, right, that can only be found in God. We believe that there is a peace, right, that can only be found in God, a purpose that can only be found in him, a fulfillment, eternal life that can only be found through God. And there are people in our lives that we want to see experience God. But yet, despite our prayers and despite sometimes our influence and despite our testimony, there are people that it seems like are no closer to God. And we, we try to pour into their lives. We love them and, we're, and we're, we're trying to be a part and influence. But yet we look at their lives and we don't see any change. For you, maybe that's a spouse. Maybe you got married to somebody and, uh, and, and maybe you became a Christian afterwards and you want to see God work in their lives and you, and you keep looking and you keep like trying to be the, the spiritual influence that God called you to be, and you're trying to do those things, but yet you're not seeing any change, and it can be a little frustrating and challenging to walk through that. For maybe some of you, that's a kid, right? And you got a kid that you're raising up, and you're, and you're trying to pour into, or maybe it's an adult child, and, and, you're, and you're wanting to see them have that life-changing encounter with Jesus, but yet, but yet it doesn't seem to have happened. Maybe it's a coworker, maybe it's a parent. I don't know who that is for you, but I would venture to say that there is somebody in your life, right, that you want to see shaped by God. If we truly believe this stuff, if we truly believe that God changes life, if we truly believe that eternal life comes through him, I know there's people in our lives that we want to see shaped by him. And I don't know who it is for you, but I know there's somebody in your life. I talked to somebody this week that had been that person for me. And so when I was uh, years ago, probably 10 years ago, when I was in youth ministry, there was this kid that came to our youth, uh, our youth ministry. And how many know that some teenagers can be just wackos? And this was like the wacko kid. Uh, but I loved him to know degree. Casey laughs at me because I always like the wackos. And like those are the ones that I want to hang out with. So if I like to hang out with you, there might be something wrong. Uh, <laughs> but I love this kid. He was awesome. And he was, man, he was far out there, had a, had a family that was sometimes disengaged with him and just was trying to figure it out in life and go through some things and just was going through a lot of challenges and uh, brought him into the church. He was coming into church and poured a lot into him and began to teach him. I taught him how to like play guitar in the youth band. And so he was playing guitar and getting involved. And it was amazing to see this change, what I thought was happening in his life. Um, and so it was really, really cool. And I would tell our youth leaders, I'd say, if anybody right, at one point is like going to go into ministry and make a big difference. This will be the kid that'll do it. And I was like, this is going to be awesome. Well, fast forward a few years, he and we had moved away and I began to see on Facebook that this kid 
had just went into this wilderness season of just walking away from Christ. And it, I don't know if you've ever seen it, but you could see somebody maybe who walks through uh, some, some challenges and questioning their faith and a lot of things. And sometimes you could see it on Facebook and you could see like this progression and you see one, one thing pop up and you're like, oh man, I could see where this is going. And then, then another one and then another one and then another one and it begins to go. And it ended up at this place where he had completely just walked away from faith, didn't really, didn't have a relationship relationship with God, was questioning if all this stuff was real. And, and it was challenging for me because it was this kid that I had like poured so much into. The, uh, you're not supposed to have favorites, but I had a favorite. He was my favorite. And so I like trying to pour into this kid and see his life change and wanted to see it. And, and to see him go through this season was just so challenging and it was hard. So I would still call him. I'd still talk to him from time to time. We'd still send some messages. And it was, it was just like talking to a brick wall. And he would throw a question out and I would give a biblical response and it was just like it was just like hitting nothing. And so it was really frustrating and really kind of hard to walk through that season with him. And uh, this week though, we, Casey and I, we, we, I was about to say, we found out that we're pregnant. We found out that she's pregnant. And, um, and so that was exciting. And so we made a post on Facebook about it. And we were excited about it. And as soon as we made this post on it, um, he, he called my phone like two times. And I was like, well, that's interesting. And I wasn't able to get the phone like when I first saw it. And so he shoot, shot me a text. And he's like, call me. And so I called him. And he had had a kid about six months ago. And so he was super excited. And he's like, man, I'm so excited. You're having a kid, blah, blah, blah. And so we were talking about that. And, uh, and then what was interesting is he said, but I'll tell you, I really wanted to call you because I wanted to share with you my testimony. And I was like, what? Like, what is going on here? And so he started telling me, and, and no joke, I don't say this for like the dramatics of like preaching. Uh, the truth is like when I was talking to him, he, he literally started crying on the phone, telling me about a counter that he had with Jesus. And a few months ago, about six months ago, he had a baby and they were walking through this thing with a baby of where um, just some challenges with the way it was born actually died for, um, for several minutes and they were able to revive it. And he said, there's this moment where I, he said, I was just, I was lost and just broken. He said, I, I didn't know what to do. And he said, I was just sitting there trying to bargain with God. And he said, I walked outside of the hospital room. And he said, in the hall of the hospital room, there was a circle of people that were outside just praying. And he said, and I joined in this circle of prayer. And he said, and all those things. And he said, I knew all these things, right? Uh, the, he said, but it never, ever seemed real. And he said, in that moment, he said, I, I just knew. Like it was real. And he had an encounter with Jesus. And he said, man, it changed my life. And then he's been already telling me about what's been going on in his life in the last six months and how that moment was amazing. And I think about it now and I look back at it and it just, it softens my heart because it's this guy that I love that I was pouring into that I that wanted to see and then walked through the season of doubting and then came to this moment where God really showed up and worked in his life. And that's cool. And I'd say that's great for me. I love that story because he made it through. But here's the reality is that I know there are some people in your life right now that are still in that place without God. And you may be coming to this room today and there may be a kid, there may be a spouse, there may be a family member, there may be a coworker that you listen to that story and you're like, hey, that's really cool for you. But I'm still walking through this season with somebody and they're without God or they're in this wandering season. And there are people that we are praying for, believing for, that we know and that we love that need Jesus. But yet we still haven't seen a change in them yet. And we want to be a part of helping them find Jesus 
but, but where we get stuck at so many times is that we don't know how to reach them. You ever been there? Where it's like, and that's where I was with him. I'm a pastor, right? Like, of anybody that should know how to reach somebody in that wandering season, like, I should be the person that should probably have a good grasp on that. But I mean, I literally, like I said earlier, it was like talking to a brick wall. I was trying to pour into him, trying to do these things, trying to believe in him, but yet it just came at this brick wall at times. So I want to say this today. Maybe that's you. Maybe you're in here and you got somebody like that in your life. I want to give you some encouragement. I want to walk you through how we can begin to see a change in them. And then secondly, maybe that's not you. Maybe there's not somebody in your life like that. Here's what I'll say is there will be. And if not, I'll pray that God will bring somebody into your life for you to begin to do that and pour into their life. I want to talk about that for a few minutes. And here's what the stumbling block for us so many times. As we're walking through this with people, here's what I believe that so often the stumbling block is for us. And it's this, is that we so many times overestimate what it takes to make a difference in somebody's life and underestimate what God can do through small actions. So many times we overestimate what it takes to make a difference in somebody's life and we underestimate what God can do through small actions. What do I mean by that? Here's what I mean is that so many times we think that if we're going to influence somebody's life, if we're going to see somebody's life change, if we're going to do something to, like, to actually see them move from loss to saved to discovering their purpose to living out who God called them to be, if we're going to do that, we've got to like have this great biblical knowledge. We've got to do all these big things. We've got to have all this stuff and we've got we to have this big action. Right, And then we underestimate what God can do. And now when we have small actions, when we pour into somebody's life and with obedience in small ways, how God can grow that into big and giant things. See, the Bible, multiple times, it talks about the difference that we make in people's lives, leading them towards God. And the way that it talks about it is this, is as planting seeds. Planting seeds. I love that. It doesn't talk about us as armies right, going over and just storming people's lives and completely just like running over everything. It doesn't talk about us as bulls, right, just running forth and just horning people and getting through. That's not what it talks about, right? But here's what it says is that it talks about planting seeds in people's lives that God uses then to change their life. Bible talks about it in a couple of places, and we're going to study this passage in a minute. But if you read in 1 Corinthians 3, Paul talks about it, and he says that we plant seeds in people's lives, and then God causes those seeds to grow. Uh, Mark 4, Jesus talks about it. He talks about it a couple times, about planting seeds in people's lives and how he causes those things to grow. And here's the idea is that we are called... Right To leverage our influence, our actions, our relationships to plant seeds of truth in people's lives that God grows into faith inside of them. I think the picture of a seed is super helpful because what it illustrates is this, is both the part that we play in impacting somebody's life, but even more importantly, I think the part that we don't play. Right? You have a role to play, and that's important, but there's also a role that you don't play. And here's what I want you to grasp today is this, is that you are responsible for leveraging your influence to plant seeds in people's lives, but God is responsible for the results. Right? you got a responsibility. The Bible talks about it, I think it's Romans 4, um, where it says that how will they believe if they do not hear? How, do they, how will they hear if someone does not go and tell them? That's your part. Right? You're called to plant seeds. You're called to speak into people's lives. You're called to influence people's lives. But it's up to God to make it grow. You have a part to play, but it's not up to you to do everything. I love the way Paul says it. 
right? He was writing to this church that was in a disagreement. And um, they, some of them were, were accrediting the church's growth to him. And other people were accrediting the church's growth and people's growth to this other preacher named Apollos. And so some people were saying, well, we, we follow Apollos. And some people were saying, we follow Paul. And then Paul shows up on the scene and he writes them kind of a corrective thing. And here's what he says in 1 Corinthians 3, 6. I love what he says to him. He says, I planted the seeds in your heart. And he says, and Apollos watered it. And I love this. Check this. He says, but it was God who made it grow. He said, it's not important who does the planting or who does the watering. What's important is that God, everybody say God, makes the seed grow. See, the idea is that God works through the seeds that you plant. Jesus says the same thing in Mark 4. He tells this story about a farmer who goes and plants seeds in the day and then he goes and then he sleeps at night and as he's asleep that the seeds begin to grow and that they come up and that as the farmer comes out he sees the growth in that and the idea is that we are called right to plant the seeds but it but it's God right who causes the growth and here's the big idea you are called to plant seeds in people's life to speak truth into the life to tell them what God has done to encourage them and then just leave the rest up to God and the reason why this is so important for us to capture is because it takes the pressure off of you. I think so many times when we think about our mission, right, the, there's the com great commission where we're called to go, where we're called to reach people, where we're called to influence people's lives. We, we read that sometimes and we think, I don't know that I could do that. I don't know if you've ever been there. I've been there. Like, I, I don't know what I would say. I don't know how I would do this. I don't know how I would approach this. The pressure's off of you. What's the word God say? It says, you do your part. You plant your seeds. You influence people's lives. But you leave the growth up to God. I think about the story that I told earlier, right? Uh, I could have got really frustrated and really worried with that with my friend, right? My youth kid, if I would have looked at it and I was planting seeds in his life when he was a young youth kid and, and pouring into him and believing that God would do something in his life and then seeing him walk away. How many of you know that could, if I believe that everything was on me and I've got to get him back, that could lead to a lot of pressure. That could lead to a lot of worry. That could lead to a lot of frustration. It could lead to me hitting my head up against the wall saying like, what did I do wrong? How did I not get him changed? Like, why, why is this not working? I mean, I, did I plant the wrong seeds? I don't know what's going on. Like, how is this all going the wrong way? way. But when I realized, right, it's my job to plant seeds. And even in this wandering season, what did I do? I kept, I kept planting seeds, kept planting seeds, and then just believed that God was going to make it grow. And I think so many of us, what we do is we get frustrated and worried and scared because we think that change in someone else's life is dependent on us. I run through this as a pastor. Sometimes when I'm working on these sermons, there's a lot of pressure that I come to that I go to. Like, how am I going to do this? Like, how am I going to move people? And then sometimes I have to just stop and say, hey, I'm just going to preach the word of God. And I'm going to plant seeds from this stage. And then it's up to God to make those things grow. I can't do everything. Right? But I'm going to plant seeds in their lives. Maybe you run through this as a parent. I know that can be challenging, right? Where you, you, you want to see your kid go down this perfect path and you, and you try to do these things. And I have to say that's absolutely important. I believe in strong parents and strong families and we want to encourage you to do that and we empower you to do that. But to some degree, right, the idea is you got to come to where you're believing and planting seeds and you're going to keep planting seeds and planting seeds and say, God, I'll leave it in your hands. I'm going to do what I've called, been called to do as a parent and invest in their life and plant seeds. And God, I'm going to trust your word and believe that you're going to cause those things to grow in their lives. 
scripture I would t- challenge you to hold strong to if you're a parent is right. Train up a child in the way they should go, and when they are old, they will not depart from it. Let me get this is a freebie here for you. Maybe some of you are in here and you're a parent, and maybe you're a little discouraged because your kid is in that middle season. Uh, I love it to sometimes think through that scripture. It says, and when they are old, they will not depart from it. There may be some seasons of questioning and some seasons of wandering, but you got to still know that those seeds that you planted and that effort that you did, that God, maybe even though you don't see the results and maybe a season of challenge, that God is still doing something and still causing growth in those things. Let me encourage you with that. Uh, maybe your spouse, maybe you're a coworker, maybe you're somebody right now and, and you feel like the pressure's on you, but it's not. I love to tell the story about Casey. Um, she was working for this company a few years ago and uh, she was really discouraged because she had some, some people in the company that were just really far from God and she wanted to make a difference for them. And so she was at this point of like, I don't know what to do. And, we, and she's like, I want to like, bear my faith. I want to do this. I want to be like a, a workplace like influence. I want to do these things. And so she really, really wanted to like make an impact. But yet she felt like, like I don't know like that I'm actually making a difference. And we went for a walk. Uh, Casey and I, we love to go for walks. And so we went for this walk and we were just talking through it. And she said, you know, I just feel like I can't, I can't make them change, right? I can't do these things. And she said, but I feel like God just telling me just, just to live my life in the right way, to show my influence, like through the way that I approach things and the way that I say things. And when God has an, gives me an opportunity, I'll plant seeds that way. And so she started doing that for a couple years. Right? She didn't have these big, giant meetings where she just had these giant uh, parts where she shared her faith, but in small ways. She was planting seeds in people's lives. In her actions, she was planting seeds in their lives. When everybody was stressed out and worried about these things, she had some peace, and she would talk about why when they would ask, and she would just plant seeds and plant seeds and plant seeds. And for two years, she planted seeds. And what I love is that when she left that company, they had this meeting where they all came together and would talk about the person that was leaving and say what they liked and, you know, just sent them out in a loving way. And person after person after person talked about how her faith, even though she, how it had completely, or completely for some of them, and then for some of them, how it just had impacted Maybe even some of them that hadn't, right, that, that were far from God, that hadn't made that whole transfer. Some people that were really far from God would still be able to say, hey, yeah, I saw this. People that were just completely lost, Right, would still come to that moment and in that thing would talk about how her faith had made a difference and a change in them. And I think about that. What did she do? She planted seeds. She was faithful in planting seeds. There's something that freeing that happens, I think, in our lives when we come to a place that we realize everything's not dependent on me. There is a God. He's bigger than I am. He's smarter than I am, and I can trust him with my life. I can trust him with my family. I can trust him with his people, and I'm going to play my part and let God do his part. But so many times what we do is we get worried and fearful and anxious about things that just simply aren't our job. I don't know if you've been there. In those verses that we were reading earlier, here's what I love. In 1 Corinthians 3, 5 through 6, Paul says this. He says, after all, who is Apollos? He says, who is Paul? And I love it. He says, we are only God's servants through whom you believe the good news. Now catch this. He says, each of us did the work the Lord gave us. What is he saying? He's saying, I played my part. Apollos played his part. God made the growth, but I just played my part. What is your part? Your part is that you are called to go into the world and plant seeds. 
The results are up to God, but your mission is to go and to be a witness and make seeds and plant seeds. And sometimes maybe I'll say this. Maybe you're like, what does it even mean to plant a seed? I'll tell you what it can mean is in Acts when, the, when Jesus commissions us, he says that you will be my witnesses. Everybody say witnesses. You think about what a witness is. Right? A witness is somebody that says, hey, I saw this happen and I want to tell you about it. Right? The best way that you can plant a seed in somebody's life is you can come up to them and say, this is what God did inside of me. And I believe that he can do that inside of you too. It's a small one. Plant seeds. Plant seeds. Right? What is your part? You're called to plant seeds. I think about it maybe in your life, maybe as a parent. What is your job? Plant seeds. And the story I told earlier, God used that prayer meeting right outside that kid's room to cause the growth. But I full heartedly believe, and I don't think I'm great, but I full heartedly believe that it was the seeds and the framework that I had been planting for years and just pouring into him and pouring into him that God finally at this moment where he walked into it used that prayer meeting to cause growth in him. And here's what I would say to you and encourage you with is you may not know the moment or the way or how or who, right? God is going to cause growth in that person that you want. But all I could say to you is this, is that as you put seeds in, you just believe that God is going to use those seeds to cause growth. You don't know how they, where, who God's going to use, when God's going to use, how God's going to do it. But you just say, I know that if I'm faithful here, that God can be faithful on the back end. That would be what I would encourage you with this morning. In the story I told earlier, I think that was the big thing. See, we have to be faithful to play our part. And it's when we try to take over God's job that we get into trouble. And everything we do as we walk, when we try to take over God's job, it's when we get into trouble. And there's a, there's a road to salvation. You play an important part. I'm going to show you on the screen or on this uh, board today. My hand is still broken, so we're going to see how this works. If you can't read it, I apologize. Uh, it may be that or maybe my homeschooling. We'll figure it out. Uh, but there is a road to salvation here, right? So we're going to say this. This is somebody here who is lost, okay? They are lost, and we believe that we want to see them come over to this point to where they're saved. That's an amazing thing, right? And you have a part to play in this road to seeing somebody's life changed. Here's what I would say that your part is, right? That you are called to be, we'll say, a witness. That's absolutely your part. You are called to be a witness. You are called to go and plant seeds to make a difference in their lives. And you go and you plant seeds and you're going to pour into them and you're going to plant seeds and you're going to plant seeds. That's the role that you play. Right? And then how I many you know there is we believe in the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, right? Father, God the Father, Jesus his Son, and the Holy Spirit. We believe in the Trinity, that that is God. And let me say, the, the whole entire Trinity has a part to play in somebody's salvation. So you think about the Holy Spirit. Once we witness, there's a Holy Spirit comes, and the Bible talks about the Holy Spirit brings conviction. Had to think for a second and remember that I could spell conviction. Um, and so the Holy Spirit comes and brings conviction. That's the Holy Spirit's job. When you witness to somebody, you tell them the good news of Jesus Christ, the Holy Spirit comes and brings conviction into their life. What is that? That's the tugging at your heart. That's the thing of where, where words come out, right, out of your mouth. And then there's something connected to the heart of what, what the feelings and the emotions and that God is pulling at them. That is conviction from the Holy Spirit. Maybe you've experienced that. 
Right? So that's, well, that's the two parts, right? We witness conviction. But then what does Jesus do? Well, well, Jesus comes and, right, Jesus saves. We realize that through what he did on the cross that he saves. And as we put our faith in him, as the Bible says that it's not because we've done amazing things, it's not because we're deserved of it, but it's because we put our faith in him that he gives us grace and that we are saved. So, so we witness to people. We tell them the good news. The Holy Spirit brings conviction. Jesus comes and begins to save their lives. And then here's the third part, a third part of this or fourth part is this, is that the Holy Spirit, or is that the God, the Father, right, declares them right. Word righteous, right? The, God, the Father welcomes them in, declares them right, that he's the overarching judge that, that brings people in and, and declares them right. So there's a, here's the four part process. You witness Holy Spirit brings conviction. Jesus saves them. Then they're declared right by God, the Father. Now, here's where the danger comes in. The danger comes in and what happens so many times is that we try to play our part and play the Holy Spirit's part and play Jesus's part and then try to play God's part. And we try to do that. That's when things get off the rails, right? Because I'm going to be real honest with you. You are not as good as God, right? And when you try to play the part of God, it's a disaster zone. And so what happens is we try to witness to somebody and after we tell them the good news of Jesus Christ, we feel like it's our job to make them convicted about what it is. And so we, we go into this mode of how bad can I make them feel about this sin and how bad can I trash them so that way they'll feel conviction because we know like in my power, I can't make them feel convicted, but I, I'm going to just try to pour it on and pour it on and pour it on till they feel convicted about what they've done and then maybe they're going to come to Jesus. That's trying to play the part of the Holy Spirit. It's not your job, right? So many times people come, they try to play the God, the role of Jesus, and they try to give a lot of rules and regulations. How many of you may have been in a church past where, where there was, you believe by faith, and also you get saved when you do these 15 other things, right? What is that? That's trying to play the role of Jesus. That's a disaster zone, right? Another place where we mess it up right now is we, we try to become God the Father, right? We try to be the judges here, or we're, we're declaring who's right and who's not right, and we think that we've got that role in that. That's not your job. That's not your job at all. What is your job? Plant seeds. What is your job? Speak truth. What is your job? Be a witness. That's who you're called to be. And what happens and when we actually make a difference in our community and in our town and in our church is when we say, God, I'm going to play my part and I'm going to believe and I'm going to trust you that you're going to do the rest. And what else does that do? That takes pressure off of you. And I'll tell you, I get into this mode sometimes, right, where I do this. I try to come in and think when I'm thinking of a sermon, how can I do all these? And I go, no, no, it's not my job. It's not my job. We're called to be seed planting people and believe that God is going to cause the growth in people's lives through the seeds that we plant. So here's what I would put before you today is that God is able to do immeasurable things through a church and through a people who commit to being faithful and planting seeds. When a church is committed to trying to play the role of God, that's a that's a disaster zone waiting to happen and damage and hurt that's going to happen. But when we come together and we say, we are committed, right, that we know our role, what's outlined in Acts, what's outlined throughout the church is that we are going to be witnesses, that we can begin to make a difference and that God can do something amazing through us. What statement do we start with today? 
I want to pop this back up here one more time. See, so many times what we do is we overestimate what it takes to make a difference in somebody's life, and we underestimate what God can do through small actions. We think, I got we think I gotta do all these things, right? I don't know how to reach somebody because I don't know how to bring conviction. Well, good news, you don't have to. I don't know how to, I don't know how to save. I don't know how to, I don't know how to judge these things rightly. I don't, like, I don't, I don't know how to do this. Like, I don't know what that part is. Like, how do, how do I do this? Good news. That's not your job. You don't have to. All you got to do is be faithful in planting seeds. You want to make a difference in your job? If you want to be a person 20 years down the road who people at your job come around and say, hey, it was, it was John who made a difference in my life, right? It was this person who poured something into me and changed it. You know how you do that? Just plant seeds. Day-to-day basis. I can tell you in my life, right, my parents, I think, did this really well. And they, they really poured into us and planted seeds throughout our life. And there's still times today that I remember things and seeds that my parents were planting when I was eight years old, seven years old, that still pop into my brain, that God still brings up into me now, that God's still growing fruit out of that. Be faithful. You got 18 years with your kids. Do some seed planting. It's not that long of a job. I don't know. I'm just about to become a parent. I could say that, right? <laughs> I'm the one for parental advice. Oh. But you know what? Plant some seeds. Plant some seeds. When you're frustrated, plant seeds. When you're looking at it and you're like, I don't know how this is going to turn out, plant some seeds. Be dedicated to saying, I don't know how everything else is going to work, but I'm just going to be a person that's a seed planter. There are people that you want to see have a life-changing experience with God. Just keep planting seeds. Just keep planting seeds. And here's two things I want to encourage you with, and we'll start wrapping up here. But here's a couple things that I want to encourage you with about planting seeds. And the first one is this, is that it takes time for seeds to grow. How many know there's a germination process? process where things got to begin to grow. And we want things to happen instantaneous. I think I'm a great arguer. I love to argue, right? That's my, that's my cup of tea. Like, I love to argue. Uh, and so my thing is, I want to go in, I want to argue something, and I want to I wanna see it changed immediately when I, when I say something. But it doesn't happen like that. One of the things that I talk to people when we're talking through marriage counseling and, and people will come to my office and we'll talk through things. And the thing that I feel like I have to tell spouses the most is this, is that you're not your spouse's Holy Spirit, right? They've got the Holy Spirit. Your job is not to be the Holy Spirit in their life and bring all the change about in them, right? Your job is to plant seeds and love them and influence through your actions and what you do and then believe that the Holy Spirit can work in them. If they're saved, you believe that they can hear the Holy Spirit just like you can and you leave it up to him. I think so many times what we do, though, is we want everything to be instantaneous and we get discouraged when it takes time. I love that scripture that we read earlier where it says, Paul planted, right? Apollos watered, but God caused the growth. What is that? That's some time. Paul planted and didn't say Paul planted and then God immediately caused growth. Paul planted, Apollos watered, God caused growth. Sometimes it takes a little time for those seeds to grow. Don't let the enemy discourage you because you're not aware of the growth that God is causing. 
And I say that important because I think what happens so many times, and I would say this, I see this with parents all the time, right? Is that you're planting seeds and you're planting seeds. And how you know sometimes those kids are kind of dumb and it takes it a little while to register and for God to begin to work it in their lives. Don't get discouraged, right? A few years in and go, well, I guess this is pointless. And then just give up because you're frustrated and just go, well, this is a bad kid, right? No, you keep pouring into them and you keep pouring into them and you keep pouring into them. Right, if you're a coworker, I can't tell you how many people that I've seen at work jobs, right, where where there was somebody who was who was lost, and they just kept loving on them, and they kept loving on them, and kept planting seeds, and eventually those seeds grew, but it didn't happen instantaneous. Don't let the enemy, right, stunt your influence by convincing you that God isn't working in the background. I think about that story, right, about, about my friend, right, and how I poured into him, walked through this season, right, and then God brought this prayer group into his life that changed. You know what? I didn't have a clue that was going to happen. I didn't even know it happened until, like, Tuesday, right? But God brought people into his life. God was causing growth. God was doing things, and I could have been really frustrated and beat myself up for a long time. I could have stopped planting seeds. When he walked through that desert season, I could have been like, eh, Forget it. I tried. I did my best. Like I put some effort into it. Might as well give up. But no, it's when you keep planting and you keep pouring in that God is able to use the seeds. And then here's the second thing I would encourage you with is this, is that keep planting because people change. Keep planting because people change. There have been people that I have invested in that weren't receptive for a long time, for a long, long time. Uh, Jesus tells the parable, about different soils. You'll see this, I think, in Mark 4, right, where he talks about somebody planting seeds, and he says that some was good ground, some was bad ground, some was ground that it grew up real fast and then it pulled out. Here's what I want you to know is that people are not static in that they're stuck in that one place for the rest of their life. Somebody may be bad ground for 10 years, and then something happens in their life that all of a sudden, man, they become good soil. Keep planting seeds because you don't know what soil you're planting into. But if you just keep pouring in and you keep pouring in and you just believe at some point this soil is going to change. At some point, there's going to be this moment that I can pour into them that there, when the moment arrives, you're pouring in at the right moment. I had this pastor uh, years ago who was big influence in my life, and he used to talk about kids, and he would talk about them as clamshells. And he'd say there would be these small moments, right, where their shells, their shells would be closed all the time. And he said there would be these small moments where, where, where their clamshell would open. And he said when you got those opportunities, you just, you just leaned into those opportunities. What is that? That's, that's the ground beginning to change. Ground beginning to change. Uh, there was a guy in my church years ago that we had this lady who went to our church and her husband uh, was an alcoholic, didn't like God, was really turned off to God, uh, and just was, was far, far from God. But she really wanted to see him saved. So she would, she would come to me and she'd be like, will you, will you, I'm just gonna set up a dinner. Will you come and talk to my husband? And I said, okay, yeah, sure, I'll do that. And so I would do it. And that guy just hated anything I said. And then she would come up a couple months later and she's like, hey, you know, I'd say, well, I'm going to set up another dinner. Will you come and talk to him again? And I'm like, oh, I don't want to do this. Right? And I'm like, okay, yeah, I would love to do that. You know, one of those things as a pastor, you got to say that you love to do, but you don't want to do. And so I did it, and then, then didn't nothing change. And she'd come again, mo- like months later, and I'd be like, yeah, okay, I'll come and I'll do it again. And I was so frustrated because I was like, why am I just beating my head against the wall, like talking to this guy over and over and over? 
And this guy was obstinate. This guy didn't want to hear anything I'd say. And she would lead me into questions. Like, like you know, you'd go to those things and know, I know this guy doesn't want to hear anything. So it's like, you know, I'm just going to have just a normal conversation about it. And then she would just like throw out this question. Well, pastor, what do you think of this? And just set me up and it's like, okay, well, here we go. We'll go into it. And I was just frustrated about it. But I'll tell you, there was a time, probably, I don't know, maybe a year and a half in, somewhere in there, where we met with him. And instead of her asking the questions, he began to ask questions. And there was probably about two dinners, right, that we had where he would ask questions. And at the end of that, um, he came to this point where he said, I think I want to accept Jesus into my life. Amazing moment. Super convicting for me because I realized I didn't even want to show up. (laughs) But I did. And even with my kind of angry seeds that I was planting, man, God did something with it. And uh, it was interesting, a few months ago, I saw on Facebook that um, he had passed away. And I think about it, of all the times that I didn't want to show up, but I did, how eternity has changed. Because I was faithful to plant the seeds. And I look at both of these guys, the guy that died, the youth kid, and here's what I would say to you is this, plant some seeds. Because I'm going to tell you, there's no more joy that I've had in being a pastor or being a Christian than getting that call from that kid who called and said, hey, what I really called to tell you about was my testimony. And when he cried on the phone and began to tell me about how Jesus had changed his life, nothing's better than that. And I want to see you get those calls. I want to see people call you or or where you see somebody maybe on Facebook that passed away and you're able to look back and say, hmm. Man, I know they came to Jesus because I was planting seeds. Be that type of person. Here's my challenge to you today. Let's be people that make a difference by playing our part. Let's find the outcast, right? The person who's away from everybody else, the outcast person, and tell them how they can be included in the family of God. Let's find the abused woman who's, who's feeling like she has no value, right? And begin to let her know that her value is in Jesus, not in the things that have been done to her, not in what people have abused her or how people have done it. But let's begin to plant seeds of value and say, this is who Jesus says you are. And this is how his value says you are. And let's begin to plant seeds in that way. The kid who's running around without a purpose and that seems like they have no passion in life, no thing, and they're just running 58 different directions. Let's be the people that plant seeds and say, hey, you were created on purpose for a purpose, that the God of the universe has a unique and distinct purpose for your life and he's called you and wants to do something amazing for you. Let's be people that pour into our kids, that pour into our spouses, that pour into our coworkers and see what God can do through your faithfulness. Let's be that. So here's my challenge to you. This isn't some great pastor, preacher thing that we come to the ending, but here's, here's just my blunt plea to you. So let's be those type of people. And here's what I genuinely believe, is that if we become a church that says, I, I, can't, I can't control all of this, right? This is outside of my hands, but what I can control is this. If we become a church and say, I am committed to this and I'm committed in my job that I'm going to be a witness and that I'm committed in my family that I'm going to be a witness and I'm committed to my kids that I'm going to be a witness. Here's what I can tell you is that God will take care of the rest if we become people that are faithful with what he's called us to be. If you want to see change happen, say, God, I'm going to do my part. That'd be my challenge to you today. Simple, easy.
plant seeds. Do your part. When it's hard, keep planting seeds. When it's challenging, keep planting seeds. When it's good, plant seeds. Pour into people's lives. Or maybe you're in here today and you're the person that God's been working on. Maybe somebody, maybe you came in here today and you're far from God and you came in here and you're saying, I need that peace and that redemption and that joy and that life that only comes from God. And somebody else has been planting seeds into your life. Here's what I want to challenge you with today is that today is your day. Today's the moment to say, I mean, God's been working inside of my heart and I've been feeling the conviction of the Holy Spirit in my life and in my heart. And I know this is real. And today I want to commit to God. If that's you today, we want to pray with you. I want to see God begin to work in your life. Will you bow your head, close your eyes with me? God, we thank you. God, we just thank you that you love us so much, that you care about us so much. God, I pray for the person in here today that has just been having that pull of you on their heart that maybe somebody's been planting seeds in their lives for years. And that today is the day that they make a heart change, a dedication to you. So God, today we bring our hearts to you, our lives to you, and we surrender them to you. God, we believe that you died on the cross. We believe that you rose again. We believe that you saved us from our sins, that we have eternal life through you. And God, we declare you Lord of our lives today, that we're going to follow you for all the days of our lives. God, I pray in here today for the parent that uh, is just walking through a challenging time. There's a kid that they... (laughs) They love and they're just not seeing the results that they need. God, I pray that you strengthen them. Strengthen them. Give them the courage to keep planting seeds. Give them the wherewithal to keep planting seeds. God, I pray that you cause the fruit to grow. Because we're faithful that you cause it to grow. And I, I pray for the spouse in here today that is so incredibly discouraged. <laughs> because they've seen what God has done in them. They just want to see that for their spouse. God, I pray that you strengthen them, that you encourage them, that you build them up. God, I pray that you take our seeds, that you multiply them, that you cause them to grow. We know that what this world says is impossible, that you are the God of impossibilities. (laughs) That the world says that some people can never change, but God, that you are the God who causes amazing change and broken and lost people. God, for us today that are filling that pool of you, God, I pray that the people in here that are filling that conviction, that will surrender to you today. We'll turn over our hearts, our worries, our fears, our anxieties, our our passions, our, our future to you. We know you're trustworthy believe in you. We trust you. We'll follow you all the days of our lives. We thank you for that this morning. In Jesus' name. Jesus' name. Amen.